This is a Stimulus Network podcast. Hello and welcome to For What It's Earth, your weekly environment, climate and sustainability podcast. I'm your host, Emma. Uh, I'm back in the studio again. This week I'm joined not by Lloyd, not by your regular face, but instead with a very special guest. I'm with my friend Sophie. Hello. And this week we are going to be talking about all things cosmetics and toiletries. So stick around for that. Right. Well, in this week's episode, we are going to be looking at cosmetics and toiletries. And this week, you might have noticed in the intro, I wasn't joined by my buddy Lloyd because I'm in the studio with someone very different and very special. Hello. Hello. The voice you can hear on the other mic is Sophie Babel. So I've known Sophie for a really long time and I'm really excited to have her on the podcast because she is just an inspiring person who loves nature and spends her life trying to get other people to love nature as much as she does, which I think is great. Pretty much sums it up very, very well. I've dragged her into the studio today, so thanks for coming along. My pleasure. And we're going to get into all things cosmetics and toiletries. When we first kind of thought about doing cosmetics, I thought we might alienate half of the listener base if we only talk cosmetics. We don't want this to be like a only female environment, you know? So men, do not turn off yet. We're going to talk some toiletries because you will be hopefully showering with things. <laughs> I assume. You know when sometimes you wonder if... Because blokes, like, kind of routine is not as uh, maybe in-depth as ours. You wonder, do they just... They do seem to spend an awful lot of time in the bathroom, though. Yeah, that's true, actually. Especially so, if you're waiting for the shower. It becomes yeah. really noticeable. So it's kind of like, what are you guys up to in there? Probably a question I don't want to ask. I might not want the answer. Mm, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So our relationship with cosmetics and toiletries is one that you cannot avoid, you know, Everyone likes to think that they roll out of bed and then they just look fabulous, but, but nobody Absolutely does. Absolutely not. No. No. Cosmetics and toiletries are a huge part of everybody's, everybody's life. But did you know how much of an environmental... Im- environmental? Environmental. Oh, dear. I've got American. <laughs> environmental impact they actually have. I know. I think um, it's something that I've only clocked onto fairly recently, to be honest. Um, when you kind of think about it and you look in the bathroom... It's absolutely chocker full of plastic and the yes. containers that are full of your little magical creams that do apparent wonders. But we like to think so. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's an important thing to consider, really. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. My bathroom, I live with um, two other girls and I just feel like there's more plastic bottles in the shower than there is actually room to shower sometimes. Yeah, totally. But anyway... We're not going to change the industry because we're two people sat in a studio, but we like to think that maybe we can change a few people's attitudes and, and just to look at your routines a little bit more, because certainly the more research that you and I have done, the more we've adapted our own routines. Yeah. And it's actually really easy as well. It's not, you know, expensive and it's not hard. And actually, I found it really interesting researching into sort of cosmetics and kind of how I can make my routine a bit more sustainable. Um, I've actually become a bit nerdy about it. Which is exactly why you're here. Which is why I'm here. So we'll see. But um, but yeah, I think it's really cool and interesting. And I personally don't wear that much makeup. And I think no. you're the same. The nice thing is, like, Sophie and I, we both kind of grew up quite tomboy. Mm, very much. Mud and dirt. Climbing trees. Yes. But that's not to say that we haven't done our research. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, we still like looking fabulous. Because I don't know about you, but I don't 
I don't have a, a very much of a customer facing like office job when I'm in the office. So I don't really wear makeup to the office. But then I go into like the bathrooms at work and then suddenly like the bright white lights are there and you're like, oh my God, I actually look like, like a troll this morning. Like the industrial strip lighting and it's like, yeah. whoa, was sorry everyone. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I literally did wake up like this and I'm very, very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, when I'm working from home, I make zero effort and I feel fabulous for doing that. Gosh, I love working from home. I know. No, absolute Jamas, slob. Coffee. Yes. But it's when like the postman comes or someone like knocks on the door and you're kind of like, oh my gosh. Do I pretend I'm not in? I know. Sometimes I've genuinely <laughs> done that. I've been like, sorry, I'm not here. Come back later. And then I look and it's like, yeah, all the lights are on. It's really obvious someone's here. Um, but but I, yeah. I think I, when it comes to cosmetics, I enjoy wearing it less um, and then it's more of a treat. But in terms of toiletries, obviously everyone uses toiletries every single day. You know, Absolutely. toothpaste is a toiletry, toilet roll, body wash, shampoo, yeah. you know. Guys always have to use that, please. Completely. But these things that are so integral to our lives, um, there's a big cost that comes with them as well. And not just the, you know, two pounds a bottle cost that we see. There is a bit of an environment, okay, quite a lot of an environmental cost, mm. which is exactly why we're here. So we, when we were having a look at this podcast, found out that there was a, a report by Zero Waste Europe, did you know? And they estimate that over 120 billion units of packaging are produced by the cosmetics industry alone every year. Billion. And most, yeah, units. And most of that, most of that is, is uh, the dreaded P word. Most of it's plastics. Mm. Yeah, and it's amazing because actually when you look at the back of um, toiletries and cosmetics especially, um, you don't see that lovely little recycling icon. No. Which I actually was quite shocked by. So I last Christmas, my boyfriend's mum bought me this lovely Clarins hand cream. Ooh. And I've never had Clarins before. And I was like, oh my gosh, luxurious. Here we are, I've made it. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, and then I looked on the back and there was no recycling label, even though it was made from plastic. And then I, when I went into Debenhams one day, I was looking at some more just out of interest and none of the luxurious brands had a recycling label on it. And Shame. I was really shocked because I was like, hold on a sec. Are you not listening to the news or watching the telly or looking at social media and seeing what a massive movement there is to yeah, true. reduce, reuse and recycle? Um, and I just thought, you know, what an amazing opportunity for luxurious brands to, you know... Jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because we're all starting to clamour for um, more responsible products in our lives. Um, our buying habits are starting to look more at brands which are making the efforts, which is great, because we'll, we'll go into a couple of the companies later that we've had a look at, but a lot of companies are really starting to take that on board, which is fantastic, really. Um, but yeah, bringing on from your, your lovely recycling point. Um, so British people, we're very used to recycling, you know, um, we've even got a great recycling podcast episode you can go back and listen to. But one thing apparently we're not so good at recycling is our bathroom products. Over half of British people apparently don't recycle our bathroom products. And if you think about how many shampoo bottles and, and things you get through each year, like that's a lot. That is hefty. And if it's yeah. not going in recycling, it's going in landfill or the ocean. Those are the only two options. Yeah, Not, but half is a big chunk. That's a lot of really. us. Yeah. That's a lot of us. Yeah. But that's not the only environmental issue that we have uh, with things being plastics. Um, one of the great examples about uh, kind of consumer opinion helping to shape the things that we do is that everyone started to learn more about microplastics in the last couple of years. So the UK is actually 
gratefully, um, they've banned the use and sale of micro beads, like small plastics in our toiletries and cosmetics, which is great. Um, and again, I think we covered quite a lot in that in our plastics episode as well. So if you haven't listened to that, go and listen to how bad plastics are in that. That's a two-parter. That's a good one. Have a cheeky listen. Have a cheeky listen, indeed. But one of the things that you can buy with confidence now is if you are looking at ex exfoliating scrubs, you know they're not going to be containing those elements of plastic. And also it shows that you don't need that in a cosmetic or a toiletry product. No, I haven't missed it, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, lamenting the loss of these <laughs> tiny balls of plastic in our lives. Nope, it's made no difference to me. <laughs> um, but the microplastics as well moves on to microfibers. Um, we don't have quite a comprehensive ban on microfibers yet, but that's another big thing that everyone's kind of starting to buzz around and... Again, they have exactly the same impact. They just slip through into all of our ecosystems. But one of the places they can come from are face wipes. And face wipes are a brilliant invention in the sense that they're very disposable. They're instant, you know, especially if you've got like a baby or something or you're doing your makeup. Um, they're a very easy way to get things off your face. But actually, you know, you just chuck it in the bin and you don't have to think about it again. But they're not biodegradable for the most part. And they will disintegrate into microplastics and end up in landfill. Oh, sorry, microfibers, not microplastics. Oh, wait. So I, so hold on a sec. I didn't realise. So I knew that the like flushable wipes that label themselves as flushable, oh, the I toilet stuff, those. are not actually flushable. Yeah. And you should actually just put them in the bin. They contribute but, to the things like fatberg that happened in London yeah. or in the sewage system. They just kind of clog up all of our y systems. Yeah, I didn't realise, though, that face wipes can disintegrate into sort of plasticky, fibery stuff. General bad bits. That's awful. Yeah. That's a scary think, one for you, isn't it? Well, and it's like, when you think about... I lived in a house of seven girls at uni. Wow. Which is a lot of oestrogen flying around. I admire you. And, um, you know, after nights out and stuff, face wipes was just the go-to. Well, they are. They're just getting convenient, it all off aren't they? And chucking it in the bin. But I... It just wasn't, you know, that was only like three years ago, but that, it's, it just wasn't a thing back then to consider what you were throwing in the bin and the fact that something, because it feels like cotton. Yes. So it's like, oh, I'm not throwing away sort of an item. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that will disintegrate. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Well, so, I mean, some of them can be cotton, but then also when we're, if we're talking cotton, you know, cotton rounds that you, if you're using like a bottle of cleanser or something oh, and then yeah. you put it on the cotton round. Um, everyone kind of thinks, okay, great, they're a fab alternative. I myself thought, brilliant, they're a good alternative, they're yeah, only cotton. Turns out they also have problems. Really? So if you're not buying organic ones, the amount of water and pesticides used to grow the cotton crop is actually a huge environmental pollutant. Oh, my goodness, oh. we cannot win. Well, no, that's really bad. Yeah. I use them a bit. Yeah, I used to. But, all you the time. know, actually, I have like a muslin cloth, which I can technically wash and reuse. But I use that for a specific cleanser, not like everything. Yeah. So I saw this on Instagram like a couple of weeks ago. Um, people were buying like rounds of fabric and like or like a toweling kind of cloth and then 
you use them instead of the cotton rounds. Mm. And then you can just pop them in the wash with your laundry. It's probably more hygienic as well, to be honest. Yeah, I reckon. So anyway, I've made some of those. And that's my like... Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, we completely forgot at the beginning of the episode. We were too excited. We forgot to do the what one good thing have you done this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've lost the format. I, I need Lloyd to here to you. keep me on track. Anyway, that's my. <laughs> that can be my one good thing then. That's really good. Have you got something to bring to... Sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. something to bring to the um, table. So the other day, I could not help but wander into the lovely Lush. Of course. Which is my new favourite shop. Um... And I bought, um, I restocked my supply of naked shampoo. Oh, yeah. So for the last year or so, I replaced my big bottles of shampoo with the naked hard round bars. Um, And I've genuinely loved it so much. Like I'm not doing it just for sustainability stuff. It's genuinely really good for my hair. Like I I feel my hair's thicker. Really good. I was so surprised with the lather. Really? Like it lathers up so well. Because I imagine just like soap that you used to get your grandmother's. You know what I mean? Yeah, like soap. imperial leather. That's the stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly no, it. No, it's absolutely not imperial and I, leather. And might I say your hair looks fabulous. Thank you. Well. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. They were, cause they were the first company in the UK or possibly the world ever to produce this. It's like a, a Yeah, soap, and you know what? Like shampoo bar. It lasts so long. Really? Like it lasts, it, the last bar I had lasted me eight months. And oh, I've wow. got thick, long hair. You do. And um, yeah, so I restocked up on that. And then I also bought a new thing from there. Um, I used to use little um, bottles of Nivea eye makeup remover. Yeah. Um, and then when I was looking for the shampoo, I came across the, they have a nine to five cleanser. Um, and I was speaking to the lady and she said that that removes makeup apparently like a dream. So I bought oh, it. Oh, fab. And it's made of all natural ingredients. The bottles are part of the return five tubs back and get a free face mask. And then they actually 100% recycle all of their plastic if you return it to the shop. Yes, I've seen that. Their whole ethos is super cool. Oh my gosh, it's so inspiring. And so to actually kind of be a part of that process and to have knowledge that your product is going to be reused again to be made into another product, I was Mm. like, I want to buy into that. So it's a little bit more expensive, but it will last me longer and I feel better for it because I'm not chucking a non-recyclable item in the bin. And generally the ingredients that they use as well are better for you too, so it does kind of have all-round benefits. Yeah, So I think I read actually with those, they, they don't always come back as a lush pot but sometimes they go into making things like tabletops in the lush offices i love that isn't that brilliant yeah so even even if it can't come back as what it once originally was it's Mm. still no longer single use it's it's got a permanent fixture somewhere it's just interesting i just think everything could learn a little bit from being more resourceful and it's easier for them as well because they're making less new material yeah that's one of the other things they were saying as well the because they're spending less money on using water because there's less water even in the product itself. Mm. Um, but then also because they are making a huge effort to go naked with their packaging, um, they're spending less money on packaging, which means they can contribute more money towards finding the perfectly sourced ingredients. So you're actually getting a better product at the end of it because more of your input is going into uh, that product development. Yeah, I just think they're winners all round. And I love, on a side note, if you buy online from Lush and you get it in the cardboard box and it looks like it comes in lots of the foamy, like, uh, what's oh, it those. style things. I thought when I first got it, I was like, oh, 
lush. You're awful. I was like, you're using foam and polystyrene to package out your um, to package out your soaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted them. Oh yeah, very nicely. I wasn't slating them at all. And then they were like, no, no, it's made from uh, potato starch. Oh. And they were like, put the um, put the foamy bits in a bowl of water and watch it. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. So I put it in a bowl of water and I watched it and it completely dissolved, disintegrated. It's the most incredible That's science brilliant. experiment ever. Why so don't literally they tell zero us waste that? packaging. Apparently it says it on the label, but I just wasn't observing. I missed that, yeah. But that's brilliant. So cool. See, yeah. solutions like that are what we need kind of everywhere. Yeah. Not just, I mean, Lush is one of the big championing brands in the UK for that. But how hard would it be really for other brands to adopt things like that? Yeah, I know. Also, it seems like it would be cheaper and they get a really good rep for it. Definitely, because then people like you put it on Instagram or, or Twitter and then that word continues to spread that they're doing a good <laughs> My small... a good thing. Very small, little, quiet voice. Um, I think Lush also, I saw on Facebook the other day, you don't just have to return their products to them. You can send them free posts. You can post them uh, like plastic bottle lids. Oh, really? Whether it's like your milk bottle top or like a Coke bottle or whatever. And then yeah. they go into the same system for no recycling way. What, as well. So if you're a bit stuck of how to best recycle something, they can yeah. do it for you. You can literally just send them to Lush. We, yeah, we just went on a massive lush promo uh oh, they yes. don't sponsor the podcast but hello lush maybe one day you might fancy that <laughs> <laughs> um but some of the other things as well that we need to chat about palm oil palm oil yeah. is everywhere it's in quite a lot of products and lush are actually one of the the really good companies for cutting out palm oil from their products yeah no palm oil is a is a big one and i think it's one of those things where you don't realize how widespread it is in pretty much everything that we use in a daily in our daily routines and stuff yes until you sort of start looking for it and then it's like you can't get away from it it is everywhere yeah um we're actually doing a palm oil episode next week so we'll you can learn a lot more about that later but i have to admit one of the one of the things i was shocked to find out is it is an ice cream is it ice cream oh i know in what capacity is it good for ice cream i have no idea that's gross. But that was something that I found out and was less than pleased with. But basically the problem with palm oil is the huge deforestation that happens when communities are clearing land to produce the palm oil plants. Um, so that's kind of something that the industry is starting to take seriously and people are, are cutting out on palm oil. So that's great. So well yep. done, Lush. And I think Body Shop as well do a fairly similar thing. Cheeky we- plug for next week though, guys. Tune yeah, in. yeah, stick around. That, that's me and Lloyd back in the studio again for that one. Um, so there's also another thing called volatile organic compounds, VOCs. When I was doing my research, I hadn't even thought about these, but these are apparently a, quite a serious thing. So when you use your kind of spray deodorants or your hairsprays uh, and your aerosols, they can quite seriously pollute the environment with these volatile organic compounds. Um, and they can have they can release quite a lot of carbon dioxide and other other gases which can contribute to issues with the ozone layer. Yeah, I mean, when you see people spraying hairspray and deodorant, I never think, oh, that's really good for the environment. That looks lovely. That lovely cloud of no, it does look stuff. very fake, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of. I remember reading on a slightly uh, large tangent a story once about a teenager who actually um, suffocated himself to death in his room <gasps> because he sprayed so much links. 
oh with no <laughs> windows. Oh my god, that is quite terrifying. Uh, yeah, and also, I I read somewhere else that deodorant one little either can or roll on each can contain up to three different types of plastic. Yeah, the roll on certainly they're so hard to recycle. Yeah. Like you just don't, you just don't even think about it because it's just so integral to sort of, I mean, I'm not going to not use deodorant, guys. Every single day. You, that's Absolutely. the thing you don't forget, deodorant brushing your teeth. Like one time I did forget to use deodorant because I showered at the gym, which was out of my normal routine. Yeah. And I was mortified. I have a mini deodorant in my desk at work just in case that happens. I love that. Also producing like with the aerosols, producing the aluminium to yeah. even make the aerosols themselves is, is really like water and carbon intensive as well. So generally, bad turns news. out all round bad. So how do we still smell good, but not use loads of different kinds of plastic and aluminium and stuff? Excellent question. Lovely segue. Um, so one of the things I have found, I don't know if you've ever tried them, you know, the naked deodorants. A lot of them come in bars, a bit like soaps or like a cream that you can gently yeah, massage into I your s- underarms. I got... I tried one of the lush naked ones, but I couldn't, it was actually quite painful because I was trying to like rub it directly on my armpit and it was like just making it red and there was no product coming off. But I think, do you have to like warm it up? I don't know. I did the exact same thing. One of my cousins is really into that and she brought some to Christmas and I saw her using it as we were all getting ready before breakfast. And I said, oh God, can I try some of that? I've never never seen it. And I, I thought that I was going to snap it because <laughs> I was just trying to get it under my arms. And I gave up and I used my roll-on. But um, I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't given them a full go. But she kind of says as well that when your body gets used to using them, because they're also made of much more natural ingredients, it actually produces less of the oils and scents that you produce that make you smell. Because your body will Yum. produce those in reaction to all the bad chemicals that you're putting on to cover oh, them up. really? So you kind of can help your body's microbiome like realign itself to a more natural kind of level. That's interesting. It's almost a bit like, you know, when they talk about gut health. Yes, similar to that. So if people have really, really smelly farts, that's like you need your gut health checked out your microbiome. Is, is this personal experience uh, we're going from? <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a guilty maybe. laugh. Maybe. To be fair, <laughs> I went from loads of dairy, I was a milk lover, to plant milk. Mm. It was like an overnight switch. And going from that, I probably should have drip fed my body that because my gut was like, what is happening? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting because I think, you know, your gut is a microbiome. So if you're not feeding it well, it's going to be like, whoa, I'm not happy. Gonna be and then you're going to smell. Yeah. Same with your armpits, I guess. And the same with your skin in general, because your skin is the biggest organ your body has. Indeed. So I think we have to start putting more natural things into it to keep it happy. So we can still, good news is that we can still smell good, but there are options for us to smell good and use less plastic. Yes. So I think I did actually see a natural deodorant, which was more of a cream than oh, a stick. Oh, that sounds good. And I think that might be the way I might go, even if it will be slightly strange sensation those... moisturising your armpits. <laughs> but Are those the ones that come in the little round tin? I think I th- so, yeah. I think I've seen them on Instagram. They do look quite good, yeah. I'm always up for trying new things like that. So other companies as well, we've, we've dived into Lush quite heavily, but another one is Body Shop. Yes. And they have always been, they've kind of been like the pioneer in the UK 
kick-starting the kind of ethical beauty kind of movement, if you like, uh, which kind of started in the 70s, and now they've really gained that reputation. And one of the things I found really interesting was all of their products are vegetarian, which is great, um, and 60% of them they would define as vegan, and they're not going to aim for 100% vegan because they believe that if you sustainably use beeswax as a product, you can encourage, actually, the growth of bee communities, and obviously we're losing bees yeah, Body Shop are going down the route of, okay, we're really helping underprivileged communities in Ethiopia and Cameroon by sustaining their like really historic methods of of keeping bees. Yeah, I have to say, I would definitely lean towards where the Body Shop's coming from on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm on side with that. Because they're not saying that they're not going to go vegan. They're basically presenting a very well-balanced scientific sort of agenda and yeah. i think the hardcore i get where the hardcore vegans are coming from but also our invertebrates and our pollinators are in crisis and if we support those communities and if we support the communities that care for the bees and our pollinators you know we wouldn't have dinner each night if it weren't for bees like no, absolutely not so if there's stuff that can be used to support those populations then i'm all for it and i think if you don't want to use stuff from bees or other animals, then you can, that's that's fine. I don't think you should feel bad about using products that are derived from those populations because you can always, if you feel like, you know, oh dear, I'm using something that's produced by bees, poor bees, you can balance it out in other ways if you really yeah. want to. And the bees are kind of just being encouraged to do what they do naturally. They're not yeah, being like that's what they're put on this earth to do: produce like beeswax, sheep. produce yeah. honey. You know, it's better to use that that they've created than for it to just go to waste because it's just going to be produced anyway. This is true, very true. Nothing's and if you're, being killed in the process, no, you know. So if anything, they're they're off pollinating other flowers to create more productive yeah. ecosystems anyway. So they're Yay pretty great for bees. Yeah, and they also say the things that they would use instead of beeswax are not nearly as good for you because they're always kind of like... Beeswax is really yeah. good. Like they, you know, they are completely um, antibacterial um, in the hives and stuff because honey and... Oh, really? Beeswax has amazing sort of anti-inflammatory antibacterial properties. Talking of which, actually, another segue for you. You're doing very well at this. I love it. <laughs> Neil's Yard Remedies... Do you know, you know them? I don't actually know very much about them. I have heard of them in passing. So they are own any. a lovely little, well, quite big, actually, uh, cosmetic-y brand. Um, I think it was founded by a husband and wife, and I Aww. think they still run it. They're doing very well. And they, a bit like Lush and Body Shop, are very pioneering in the whole um, anti-plastic, environmentally friendly, naturally derived ingredients in their cosmetics. But going back to bees, they have a whole new range called Bee Lovely. And it's part of a campaign where they aim to, through the selling of these products, raise funds to support bee communities in Ghana and places like the uh, other places in the UK. And their whole mission is to help 50 million bees by 2020. Wow. And That's a year away. Well, oh gosh. We're 2019. We are. I still haven't quite got my head around that. I wrote it down the other day and I was like, this does not feel right. How has this happened? I love eight. It's just such a lovely, round, comfortable It feels number. nice to write. It does. Nine is like a bit awkward. It kind of ends. It just finishes it's very abruptly. Abrupt. Yeah. No, I don't like it. But um, but yeah. Anyway. It just shows that they really, really care and they've got a wider motivation yes. for their products, which I really like. So, you know, they might be a little bit more 
than your average sort of number seven or Maybelline product, but actually it sits much better with me to put my money towards something, Definitely. especially if it's all if it's got a wider conservation process, which I'm all for. There's, so there's a lot of other things that you and I can kind of do to make a bit of a difference. Um, you, for example, told me earlier that you make your own you make your own products. I do. I've gone a bit hippie. I like it sense. though. <laughs> I uh, so. One of the things uh, that I like to do is make my own face mask and toner. So as I said, I've gone a bit gurky. Uh, a bit gurky. <laughs> Girly geeky. I've gone, yeah, that exactly. could be a new thing. I've gone a bit gurky um, <laughs> over the whole uh, skincare stuff because uh, I used to have quite bad skin. Well, it wasn't like acne or anything. I just wasn't happy with it. So I ended up doing lots of research. And uh, one of my guilty pleasures as a tomboy and nature adventure nerd is to watch Vogue's YouTube channel. Naturally. You're their target audience in a nutshell. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So one of the things they do is the celebrities or Victoria's Secret models show you their nighttime skincare routine. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. I would never have called this for you. And lots of the things that crop up in their routines is apple cider vinegar. Okay. So lots of them say that it has amazing anti-aging properties. Oh. I'm only 23, so I'm not too fussed about anti-aging just yet. But um, the more research I've done into apple cider vinegar, check your kitchen cupboard because it's most likely just there. It's just one of those things that I've is just... I've probably got it somewhere, yeah. ...is old. And it's usually in quite a big bottle and you only need the tiniest amount. So it's so multi-purpose. If you want to have a whole body detoxing thing, mix a little bit of apple cider vinegar with a bit of hot water and a bit of honey and lemon. Okay. Really good if you've got the onset of a cold coming on. Uh, and it basically flushes everything out. You feel, it, it tastes like okay. Oh, you, you drink feel, it? Yeah. Okay. feel really good after. But what I do is I mix a couple capsules of apple cider vinegar, and then I make a cup of strong green tea, mm. mix it all together in one bottle, pop it in the fridge, and then that's a really nice facial toner. So it doesn't oh, okay. smell the best, but... If you cleanse your face first, pop a bit of the toner on a bit of a flannel and just dab it over your T-zone and stuff. Um, it's Because it's quite acidic, it's really good for rebalancing the pH of your skin. Oh. And if, like me, if you sort of get hot, if you're on public transport or something and you feel like your pores are the size of the Mars moon. or the moon. Oh, I like that we both went planetary there. I know. Oh, we didn't actually plan that, guys. <laughs> we did not plan that at all. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I uh, feel like I have a very oily skin complexion, so this yes. sounds perfect. Especially in summer. So it's really good for shutting the pores off. And then the green tea is really good for uh, calming and reducing any redness um, if you've got on your skin. And then face mask-wise... My one in the fridge at the moment is a bowl full of honey, cinnamon and ground coffee. That sounds delicious. It actually (laughs) smells amazing. And it's the kind of thing, so you put it all over your face, leave it on there for as long as you want and then wash it off. But the trouble is because honey reacts with the warmth of your skin, it kind of dribbles down. So you need to be... (gasps) Is it end up in your mouth? Ideally lie down. (laughs) So you kind of end up... I was watching telly the other day and I didn't realise I was sort of... My tongue was sort of out licking around my mouth. My mom's like, you are so weird. What are you doing? You <laughs> look like honey. you've been like in an accident in some <laughs> mud or something. Anyway, honey is really good anti-inflammatory stuff. The coffee not only acts as an exfoliant when you wash it off, so it lightly scrubs your skin, 
Um, the caffeine in it, if you're having quite a tired morning or you just want a bit of a zing or if you're going out later, it's quite yeah. good for waking up dull skin. And then the huh. cinnamon, I thought that was just a nice spice to make it smell good. But apparently cinnamon is really good at detoxing your skin. Brilliant. So, I can imagine you come away from it smelling like you've had a really yeah. lovely it, no, afternoon. It does, and if you keep it in the fridge, it goes a little bit solid. So when it, you put it on your face, it feels really nice. And the best thing is that it uses ingredients that are probably going to be in your kitchen anyway. I'm going to try it. You've, you've, you've revolutionised me. I'm going to give it a go. Have you ever made your own toothpaste? I was going to ask you this. No. Earlier. How on earth would I make my own toothpaste? I have no idea. A lot of people use charcoal, don't they? Yeah, have I was seen charcoal say, toothpaste being a thing? I just, I don't know whether I'd go that far. I just quite like a minty fresh. Me neither. I think this is another thing where I'm I think... I'm not yet willing to compromise my teeth with yeah, experiments. Teeth are important. You yeah, know, I still want them, you know. We're I'm not old. sharks. We don't have new sets going through every other minute. Wouldn't that be great? I know. It'd be really useful. I'd be interested to see what the kind of other toothpaste options are i haven't even looked at it to be perfectly honest i've looked at i've got a bamboo toothbrush so that oh, part cool. of my routine is better yeah because i'm not using a plastic handle yeah but one last thing before we wrap up do you wear contact lenses i do not do no. not so this actually really freaked me out earlier today because i was i wear contact lenses every day i have never really got used to, yeah i've never got used to my face in glasses so i I always I wear contact that. lenses. They are clever, aren't they? And I, yeah, and I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm doing quite well in the sense that I always wear monthlies. So I get through 12 pairs a year as opposed to 365 pairs a year if I was using okay. dailies. So I thought, oh, that's pretty good. Um, but God, how many contact lenses are just like going down toilets or in bins? Because oh, they are plastic. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. And I, I honestly, you, I was honest, thinking I... about that in the shower this morning and I was like, that's really weird. And then I went on my phone and I had, I didn't even say anything about it. I haven't texted anyone about it, but I had a sponsored ad from AccuV, who I think I do get contact lenses from. And they're doing a contact lens recycling scheme. What? How great is that? No, but that really did... That I thought that might be fate, so I would have to bring it up on the podcast. That's crazy. But because also the packaging, like the little blister packs that they come in are also always plastic as well. So apparently you can um, return stuff to AccuV if you're a contact lens wearer. That's amazing. So what they're suggesting is take your contact lens out and then at the end of your, their use, you yeah. send it back to them? Yes, plus like all the blister packs that they come in. Um, I think you can pop them in the post to them and then they'll make sure they're recycled. That's amazing because if you think about how many people wear glasses and then how many people wear contact lenses, that could actually have, it's almost like the plastic straw thing, you know, an yeah. enormous cumulative effect. And you'll um, never know how many people wear contact lenses because you can't tell. Well, I didn't no idea that you were wearing them. And you've known me Clever. for 23 years. <laughs> Gosh, you learn something new every day. So that's going to have to be it for today. I think we've rabbited on Some quite huge, a long time. Yeah, it's a huge topic, isn't it? It's always I always find it really hard with these podcasts to like try and get everything into the round the half an hour mark because you just want to go off on so many tangents. I know, and there's so much interesting. Well, it's stuff. just having a chat, isn't it? And you know, yeah, having a good catch up as well. Yes, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. Keep listening to her extraordinary podcast. Oh, thanks. Lots I of... didn't pay her to say that. Can I just no, make that did... clear? <laughs> yes, she did not pay me. But it's no, honestly, she's got some really cool stuff coming up. So thanks I will be listening much. and you guys need to because it is just very important stuff, but in a very fun, accessible way. Oh, thank you. Da, 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 da. She may have paid me to say that. But I didn't. I promise jokes. I didn't. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Normally Lloyd does the outro, but he's not here, so I'm going to have to try and channel my best Lloyd impression. Uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, that's a classic Lloyd one, that is. Um, then you can get in touch with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram if you want to see any of the links to things that we've chatted about today. We're at For What It's Earth podcast. And then we're also on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just search for us and you'll find us. And if you want to drop us an email, just let us know what you've been up to. Or if you've got any topics or anything you want us to discuss. We'll just give us some feedback. Um, you can email us at forwarditsouthpod at gmail.com. And if you want to hear anything else from my lovely co-host today, Sophie. Sophie, where can they find you? Uh, so my sort of main voice on social media is on Instagram. So I post what I'm up to on there quite a lot. So it's at Sophie Pavs because I couldn't be bothered to spell my whole surname. And uh, yeah, come say hello. Yeah, go and check it out. She's got loads of amazing wildlife content. You'll learn a lot and you'll have a great time doing so, I promise. But anyway, we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.